0: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good to check in with Greg Bondar from Family Voice Australia. He's the State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: i oh, delighted to be on board now.
0: And Greg, even when we talk about some of the big international issues, these sorts of focuses on women and children come to light. Let's talk about the idea that with the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan, the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban, uh, the idea that Christian persecution in that nation is set to rise. You've been thinking about this. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, we do have an issue here and we're not only talking political, military t- uh, issues here. But we've got to talk about the social and um, moral issues that are that are going to result as a, as the Taliban, uh, you know, increase their presence in Afghanistan. And you remember twenty years ago when uh, the U.S. government went in basically to, uh, you know, find out Osama bin Laden and uh, ensure that uh, Al Qaeda terrorists no longer are trained in Afghanistan. Now. Now, Neil, if you saw the news last week, you and I both know that uh, what's going to happen now is that the attacks on Christians across Afghanistan will, will will really increase. This has implications, of course, for all of us here in Australia, because we're talking here about Christian persecution, but in particular persecution of women, girls, and 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 this is just not acceptable. And I sometimes wonder where the media really is out there, the mainstream media, making this a real issue because, uh, you know, the Taliban are very much in favour of, you know, uh, killing Christians for their faith, um, and, and those that are still remaining in Afghanistan, they're going to really be falling victims to things like honour killings uh, by their own family members because of the fact that they're Christians. So, Neil, we've got to really make sure that uh, we add the Christians in, uh, in Afghanistan to our prayers and see if we can do something more than just... Uh, say, oh, yes, isn't that sad?
0: <clears throat> uh, well, you know, the idea that uh, Christians are going to be in the firing line, the idea that you could be killed for your faith, and uh, we've been hearing even on this program over the past week or so, uh, Greg, that there is, mm. it's really quite a fledgling church in Afghanistan. Uh, there was just a handful of Christians there 20 years ago when the, uh, when the Taliban were uh, taken out of power at that point, and uh, mm. the church has grown over that 20 years, that thousands... Strong, and uh, they're obviously forced into an underground setting where uh, they won't be able to meet in public. And, uh, mm. and we've been hearing on this program just to just to fill you in a little here mm. uh, that uh, you know all of the digitising of everybody's details. You know how everybody knows everything about us. Well. Yep. Now the Taliban has control of all of those government files in Afghanistan, and so they can now easily identify the Christians in Afghanistan. So extra pressure on Christians as they are under that likely level of persecution. But just quickly here, you know... We might be. We're talking a lot of family issues today. The idea uh, that religion is important. Some people think it's not. Well, if you get the wrong religion in control, uh, women and girls, in particular, are on the receiving end. That Mm. is the that is the case, isn't it? Under the Taliban.
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely, And As I alluded to earlier, you know, um, uh, Christians will will be betrayed by their own. Family, friends, or what have you, in Taliban, just to ensure that uh, the Taliban, you know, uh, don't uh, persecute them. But look, in particular, I have to tell you, if uh, if you want to have a biblical reference, you know, the church in Afghanistan is going to have to learn to operate pretty much like the early church in the Book of Acts, you know, under constant threat of persecution. And and you know, you wonder how how alive the Bible is. And there we go again, the church in the Book of Acts. Was was under persecution, but in particular, let's just raise very quickly the brutal Islamic regime, what it does to women and girls. Um, we've got to appreciate that the uh, Taliban, you know, they conscript children as young as um, six years old, and they get indoctrinated on using weapons and you know, and, and making sure that they defend the Taliban uh, agenda. The Taliban also have a, has a very strong uh, history of oppressing girls and women. Uh, Taliban closed women's universities women had to quit their jobs restricted access to medical care for women Um, and they also have a restrictive dress code as you well know women have a limited ability to move around the city unless they're accompanied by a male Uh, they're required to wear a burqa Um, and, and not only that but I think women are generally oppressed and I can't understand any religion any religion at all that would want to persecute another human being because of their gender. So this is really, you know, something that we've got to pray about. And and I think that the the world media in particular, and the Australian media, will have to come to grips with the fact that, hey, this is a real issue that we're all going to have to take... uh, take um, note of and and do something about
0: it now. Of course as Christians Greg, just to reinforce and I say this fairly frequently depending on the conversation but you know we're created in the image of God, in mm. his likeness male and female. There is an essential equality there. Coming into the New Testament of course uh, the idea there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, yep. neither male and female for all are one in Christ Jesus. This idea okay. of equality is a part of Christianity and as Christianity is displaced uh, when it comes to issues like the fall of Afghanistan to the Taliban or Mm. where you've got Christianity and the aim of so many anti-Christian movements here in Australia to displace uh, Christianity from having a say in how the culture functions, uh, these are the sorts of things that are under threat. And so Absolutely. women, the big losers. Uh, there's Absolutely. another example, isn't there, in uh, what's happening in Victoria right now? Uh, because you've been monitoring along the idea that the Andrews government wants to completely decriminalise sex work. Uh, that's, uh, you're seeing that as an attack on women.
1: Oh, absolutely, an attack on women, daughters, wives, whatever, you know. I just can't believe that a government would even think about doing this. Now, what they're saying is that they're decriminalising sex work to achieve a better public health and human rights outcomes for goodness sake, Neil, what is wrong with these people? I mean, they are saying that uh, they want to ensure that sex workers have, every, uh, have the same privileges and rights that, that every other worker has uh, with, under law within the, within the economy. The problem they don't seem to understand, Neil, is that uh, sex workers are very much in the firing line to be abused. And, and, and so this, you know, they're started to the show, Neil, for example, in, in San Francisco... It, it, a study showed that prostitutes, prostitutes were 82 percent more likely to be physically assaulted, 68 percent raped, and 68 percent experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder, while 88 percent want, wanted to discontinue the practice but they have not been able to because of the under influence of drugs or, 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 in particular, under the influence of criminal activity. So, Neil, this is a real issue. So why would a government want to decriminalise something that is not good for women, not good for mothers, not good for daughters? Neil, we really have to make sure that we we put in an objection to this and, in uh, actual fact, the public consultation paper, Neil, which is out there on the website, just go to the Victorian Government uh, website, closes on the 27th of August, which is tomorrow. So there's time to make an objection now.
0: Okay, so you can go to that website and be part of the public consultation and you can have your say. Let's Come back to our Christian faith here for a moment, Greg, because yep. as soon as we Christians start to talk about uh, government changes to laws on prostitution, somehow or other, people in their mind think, oh, Christians... Mustn't like prostitutes. Must be against prostitutes. No, that's not the case at all. In fact, it's Christians who are trying to defend uh, women who are caught up in prostitution, uh, as you said, uh, open to increased assault uh, and mm. rape, uh, increased drug abuse. Uh, the idea yeah. of Christians having having a stand on this is uh, is about mm. protecting, even rescuing women out of what is a damaging thing not only for them individually, but also, as you say, an attack on womanhood in itself. So uh, for those who are wondering, talking about prostitution, uh, it's a defense of prostitutes. Yeah. And of course, one of the criticisms of Jesus himself was that he mixed with oh. uh, tax collectors and yeah. prostitutes uh, exactly. because these are people who need to have a yeah. presence, an encounter with God. Exactly. Now,
1: and I and I. Re- you know, I always recall, you know, when Jesus said to the woman at the well, I think, go and sin no more. Now, the, the point I want to make is, you know, yeah, there are people out there that are possible. We, we, we pray for them. We help them. But to promote it, to, it it's, it's degradation of women's, you know, uh, livelihood. I just can't understand why a government would want to make women the subject of abuse. Um, I mean, I, I, I keep saying, most MPs would not want their daughters to be sex workers and should recognise the hypocrisy of allowing someone else's daughter or wife to become a prostitute, Neil. You know, really, I mean, we as Christians, we have to make the point that we're not just, you know, um, a biblical fanatic, which I am actually. But the point I want to make is that, Neil, this is not good for the women daughters, mothers and what have you in Australia. We've got to do something about it and stand up and be counted now. Well, you know, there'll
0: be some listeners today to our conversation who are very passionate about this and an opportunity to have their say. As you say, there is a sex work decriminalisation, public consultation. It closes tomorrow. And uh, for listeners, uh, there might be a link on the uh, Family Voice website, uh, but uh, you can probably Google that and you can find it as well. Hey, Greg, other issues. Uh, Turning our sights overseas. The BBC training kids in acceptable pornography. What's happening here?
1: Oh, look, not just the BBC. The ABC is just as bad, and I'll get to that in a moment. But the BBC now, believe it or not, this is the next step in sexual revolution, so to speak. And we're talking here about pornography for children. Now, let me just put into the picture: the ABC tweeted, sent out a tweet on on on, on their uh, on their tweet channel, suggesting to viewers that there is the possibility of age appropriate porn and. This should be taught to children. In other words, what they're saying was it asked viewers and followers to submit opinions about the best way to inform teenagers about age-appropriate porn. Give me a break, Neil. This is unbelievable. I mean, how do we allow a public broadcaster to be encouraging our kids to look at porn? Because I don't think they've understood, Neil, the real implications of getting children... Into looking at pornography, which is already at a pandemic level now. <sighs>
0: Uh, the idea of desensitizing children on this issue of mm. pornography uh, that's one no doubt we'll be talking through some of those things even beyond our conversation today but uh, but pornography is a desensitizer uh, of children and uh, it's a desensitizer of yeah. uh, of you know the uh, you know we talk about dehumanizing women uh, well it's a desensitizer in a whole lot of different levels,
1: yeah. And there's research to show that teaching age-appropriate pornography to children actually leads to consensual pedophilia. Now, this is, oh, I'm horrified, you know, and I'm just, I mean, as I said, I became a grandfather last year under COVID, and I've got this lovely granddaughter of mine, and Daisy, she's a lovely, and I just shudder to think that my school or my my public broadcaster would be teaching these kids about age-sensitive, you know, appropriate porn. I mean, for goodness sake, Neil, we have to do something about it. As I said, Neil, the ABC is no different. It, it also featured a radical homosexual drag queen discussing gender fluidity with little children, and the show's called Kids Asked About Gender, Little, Ki- little Kids Big Talk, and what it's doing is using this to indoctrinate our children about gender fluidity. For goodness sake the abc should be doing what it should be doing and that is showing programs that are relevant to average mums and dads in australia not trying to indoctrinate my grandchild now i think listeners
0: will hear the frustration in your voice greg and uh, yeah. and you know there is a, a, you know there's a time to speak and there's a time to be silent uh, but this yeah. is going to be one of those times uh, the need to speak up because if you don't speak up Uh, Even Uh. if you uh, risk being embarrassed or even insulted or offended or whatever, you must Mm. somehow or other find a place to speak up. Hey, uh, just quickly before I let you go, uh, some events coming up. What have you got on the agenda for uh, Family Voice Australia?
1: Yeah, a couple of quick things, uh, Neil. In WA, we've got a movie event we're going to be showing there, a movie called In His Image on August 29th at 7pm. So just go to our website, uh, in his image is a movie which features some top experts in the uh, Christian response to transgender issues. So it's highly recommended uh, that uh, you know it's uh, free and go ahead and have a look at it. But we've also got a webinar on Tuesday next week, which I'm really excited about because the webinar's on cancel culture in academia. This is about freedom of speech and, and we need to all <clears throat> embrace this because uh, Peter Ridd, who you know well, will be speaking about why he was cancelled at the University of uh, James Cook University there on on how he was uh, abused because speaking out and, and making his views known under free speech. So, Neil, it'll be a great webinar, and everyone's invited, free to attend. Just go to our website.
0: Familyvoice.org.au. And uh, no doubt there'll be some resources there. You can research some of the things we're talking about. There'll be those links uh, for various things that you can take some action on right now. Greg Bondar, who's the State Director for Family Voice Australia, New South Wales and the ACT. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for the update today on 2020.
1: Yeah, thank you, Neil, and every blessing. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.